Hey everybody, my name is Micah Dewey and I am the host of The Green Revolution. You have probably come across this podcast either through my YouTube channel or through Twitter. And if you have, I sincerely thank you. If you found this on the App Store or through Stitcher, again, thank you. Um, We are basically going to be talking today just about the setup of this podcast and exactly what what the plan is for the future. So as far as I'm concerned, I am fairly devoted to the Green Party of Canada and green political movements as a whole. For the most part, I will be focused on North America, but if a story pops up in Europe or South America or Asia, I will be sure to bring that up. Um, The whole plan of this entire podcast is to hopefully talk with uh, green activists, politicians, party members, candidates, and try to promote their voice as much as possible. I noticed in our last election for the Green Party of Canada for the leadership race, only about 25,000 people voted. And when you consider that, you know, there's at least 40,000 members, like paid members, that means that like, you know, 30, 35% didn't even vote in the leadership race to determine who runs their own party. I found that absolutely crazy. And so... And on top of the fact that, you know, our policies for the most part are relatively populist. They are to promote better working conditions, better economical conditions for people, and most importantly, environmental conditions. And I believe that there is a little bit of there's a little bit of a hesitation sometimes when it comes to going deep in on uh, Green Party politics because there's not as much press, there's not as much promotion. And personally, I feel like that's partially because of A, the size of the party, B, general sentiments around money and politics. And finally, it's just a... It's a more niche left-wing policy position that in certain countries just doesn't really have a chance to shine. And like if we looked at the United States right now with uh, their candidate for president, Howie Hawkins, I am not surprised that he hasn't been getting any press considering the Democrat slash left-wing liberal uh, – perspective that Jill Stein somehow cost Hillary Clinton the election in 2016, which is quite stupid if you think about it. But if you don't think about it, you just take them for the word. It's it's insane. Like, so as far as what I'm concerned about right now is the fact that so many people have been told, don't vote green, you're going to waste your vote, or basically it's a vote for Trump. And It's not a vote for Trump. It's a vote for a candidate that you believe in. If you can't actually vote with your conscience and for somebody that you want to be in charge of the country, especially in a first-past-the-post system, then why even vote at all? 
Like, why? Why? There's no point. So I feel like the argument that I think would be the most obvious for most Greens is that, well, if Howie Hawkins or Jill Stein was not running for, for office, I would not be voting. And I think that that's a fair position to make. It's not a vote for Trump. It's a vote for Howie. It's a vote for Jill. It's not a vote for Donald Trump. And so when I find people online spouting this kind of bullshit, it really pisses me off. And I think that for the most part, people don't have the amount of time in their day necessary to critically think about that. And that can be a good thing, not spending your entire life and your entire waking hours uh, dedicated to following politics and following every little nuanced situation that's going on in the country. Because honestly, it's quite depressing. And I do understand why there would be a lot of people that are just non-voters. One prominent example of that in the online community, um, especially on Twitch, would be someone like Asmongold, who, you know, is pretty left as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's not a... I wouldn't consider him a socialist or anything like that, but he's pretty left. He's further left than most Democrats. But at the same time... He's understood or he, he's come to the decision that voting doesn't matter because no matter who he votes for, it's not going to make a difference. And I think primarily my goal in this entire podcast is just to try to show people that, no, it is worth it. Because coming from a Canadian perspective where we have five parties represented in parliament right now, we have the Liberal Party run by the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. We have the Conservative Party uh, led by a new leader, Aaron O'Toole, who, where they are the predominant right-wing party. And I would say that for the most part, the liberals are basically in the middle there. They are the, – the way I put the, – the way I describe the liberal party is it's about as far right as you can get before you're considered a bad person. Like it's a, it's a, it's a neoliberal – Party. They are for businesses and corporations and funneling tax money back to their uh, their donation uh, to their promoters and people that donated to them. So it's a it's a very classic kind of when you think of corrupt but not evil politics. That's kind of what you that's kind of what you get with the Liberal Party. And we have two leftist parties in Canada. One that is consistently leftist, the New Democrats, led by uh, Jagmeet Singh, and we have the Green Party of Canada, which is, it's actually kind of hard to describe where they are for the most part, generally, but in in general, they are a environmentally focused party that is generally worried more about making people's lives better than exactly where their policy position lies on the spectrum. So, you know, they've been jokingly called conservatives who care about the environment. They've also been called communists. So there's a uh, there's <laughs> there's quite a wide range of opinions on where the Green Party of Canada actually stands. And I think it'll be important to see where our new leader, Annemie Paul, takes the party in the next coming months. Because even though the federal election was 
put off because of the collaboration between the NDP and the liberals. And I think that that's a very good decision under the current circumstances to delay the election at least until next year because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Manitoba just hit triple digits for the first time today. And today is October 13th. We had more we had more cases today. Or sorry, we had between April, sorry, between February and July, we had a total of 441 cases. Today, I believe the number was 123. So, yeah, it's still low in comparison to some places, but for population size, it's not that low. Our positive test rate in Winnipeg today was, or up to this month for October, is like 4.4%, which is insane. Like, that's higher than New York was during, like, the, the height of the pandemic in the U.S. Like, we are having some crazy numbers coming out, and it's only getting worse. And I see the entire governmental system right now just on its way to falling apart because people are going to be getting sick there's not enough room in some hospitals already and like what's going to happen here so i am sincerely hoping that some of our politicians in this province get their head out of their ass and start doing what's right for the people. And I think that right there is primarily what I believe the Green Party of Canada, of Canada can be. It's the party that that focuses directly on science, that focuses directly on what is and what should be and does what's best for the people regardless of how it makes corporate shareholders and uh, big, big political donators feel. And... On the other hand of that, to compete with some of these bigger parties, the conservatives and the liberals primarily, we're going to need to be able to donate and raise money. And our total membership is significantly smaller than either of those parties or the NDP for that, mat for that matter. So in order for us to really be taking flight in some of these elections coming up in the future we're really going to need to do something about this and you know it's one thing to raise money for a leadership race because you really really want that candidate it's another thing to raise money for people that you don't really know because you haven't seen them all over the place and that's another big problem that canadian greens have right now and so the ultimate goal of this podcast is to get more awareness for local greens that are running in different locations, primarily in Canada, but if I can talk to some Americans as well, we'll do that. I think it's very important to promote these people and get as many ears and as many people listening to proper policy as we possibly can. Like, it's just disappointing how oftentimes people feel like they're stuck in a lesser of two evil situation. And I know for a fact that the state that I am voting in in the United States presidential election is 100% going to tr Donald Trump, regardless of any miracles or anything. So what's the best thing to do in that situation? Or let's say you live in California or you're voting in California. What is the best thing to do in that situation? Well, Joe Biden is going to win California by 25 points. 
We kind of all know that. So why are we? Why are some of us not going out and voting green when we really, really want to have a third party? People talk all the time about America doesn't have a third party. America doesn't have a third party, but America needs a third party. But then people don't go out and vote for those third parties. And as much as I am diametrically opposed to a lot of what libertarians, especially in the states, stand for, there should be some conversations on the right side of the political aisle here that say we want this party to exist and this party to do well. And so if I can talk to libertarians that have proper green policy built into their personal freedoms, we'll talk. We want to be able to promote, I would guess, I guess the best way you can describe it is just third-party voters. People that are disenfranchised with the overall state of bipartisan politics. And this is hopefully going to be a home for that. And I don't know if that's going to be a short, that's not going to be a short-term plan. Like, it's not going to be a short-term goal. I'll probably be here a long time. And my only goal from this is to be able to elect more Green Party members, more third-party members, independents, who have qualified green energy plans, Green New Deal, uh, you know, better regulation on oil and gas, like nationalization of different industries that are causing climate change and irreversible impacts on our environment, our economy, and our people. And so I guess the one final topic that I will be looking to speak to people about is basic income. Because basic income is, or I guess as we call it in Canada most of the time, is a guaranteed livable income. And there is so much data and research out there saying that this is the single most efficient way to pull people out of poverty. And yet there's literally two or three countries on, on there, there's one country on earth that has successfully pulled it off for a relatively long period of time, that being Finland. And there are numerous, numerous um, organizations and cities that have been running their own basic income trials and have been showing the efficacy of if you just put money in people's hands, they will do the right thing with it. They will improve their local economies. And I'm a firm supporter of Andrew Yang. And that might sound a little weird because his his environmental policy wasn't 100% perfect by any means. But the idea, the the benefits of basic income will actually allow for better policy for the vast majority of people to become a reality. And putting money in people's hands is the best thing that a government can do. They've shown it over and over again with corporate bailouts that it works. These companies are continually getting bigger. 
and taking more and more money away from people that need it. They're exploiting more and more people and workers have no choice right now but to bend over and take it because that's the state of capitalism in 2020. In America alone, billionaires made hundreds of billions of dollars directly from the coronavirus pandemic. That's a lot. Like, the, the, and the amount of money that, that I think it was Amazon that ha- increased their total net worth by like $380 billion in like a four-month stretch. And yet these people will not be paying anything in federal taxes. They treat their workers like garbage. They do offer services that people want. But Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, Apple, all of these big companies have to be able have to be willing to pay the taxes that they have to pay. It's really that simple. They also need to come up with more environmentally friendly ways to do business. If the ultimate goal of our capitalist economy is to make money so that you have to work less, then it just seems like an obvious it's an obvious way to bring this around where they've made so much money off the backs of innocent people that it is finally time for the uh, for the rest of the economy the rest of the people in this country or in our countries to get their fair share as a form of a basic income or as a guaranteed livable income and there are slight differences and I will talk about them at some point in the future. But for the most part, when we're, when we're talking about GLI, UBI, basic income, guaranteed livable income, whatever we actually want to call it, when we're talking about governments intentionally giving money back to their citizens to spend it, generally, you know, sometimes it is uh, directed directly at people struggling in poverty or homeless or or gen- sometimes it's the entire population. <clears throat> I think that we could look at what Canada did with the CERB benefit where they gave people that were had their work reduced because of COVID down to less than $1,000 a month. They allowed those people to apply for a $2,000 a month Stipend. And yes, it did cost a lot of money. But 18 million people applied for that. That's like almost half of our entire population. And we can see that our economy, for the most part, on a general general level, has not crumbled. And that is thanks to a program where the government said, look, we need to stimulate the economy. We're giving billions of dollars to our citizens. And guess what happened? People spent that money. 
They didn't just save it. They didn't just blow it on drugs and cocaine and alcohol like all these conservatives tend to think is what's going to happen. They weren't lazy. Well, 99.9% of them probably weren't lazy. I'm sure there might have been one lazy guy. But that's not the point. The point is that when you put money into people's hands, economies thrive. Communities thrive. Parents don't have to worry about where they're going to find food for their kids. They're not going to have to worry about their rent coming due and not being able to pay it. And this is not to say that the CERB covered everybody, because it sure didn't. There are thousands upon thousands of disabled people, elderly people, people that were not in the workforce, single moms, who now, because of the change in the economy with shutdowns and uh, restrictions, the little bit of money that they might have made beforehand but wasn't quite enough to cover you know, their entire expenses, maybe just a top-up on their Social Security or um, that kind of thing, those people were out of work and could not make money and were not eligible for the CERB. So the biggest complaint was that it just didn't cover enough people. And there was, there was op- options from the conservatives that were basically opening it up to almost everybody and reducing how much people were getting on a sliding scales between, zero, between an earned income of $0 to $5,000 Canadian a month. So basically, if you made less than, I think it was like $3,000, you got the full two. So basically, they would top you up to five k, with a maximum uh, government contribution of $2,000. And then once you made over $3,000 a month, then it would go down. Honestly, they should be doing that right, like, they should, that should always be going on. If there is one program that has come out of this that was quite shocking to me, it was the Andrew Scheer-led conservative I want to say it was called uh, employment top-up is what they were calling it. And at the very basic level, that should be in existence at all times. There shouldn't be a – it shouldn't be just a pandemic response uh, stimulus. It should be a 100% all-the-time thing for everybody in this country to be able to get that because, A, we can afford it, B – There's a lot of people in this country that don't really pay that many taxes. C, you can also just make a taxable income at the end of the year. So if you don't need it, basically if you're making over $75,000 a year individually, yes, you're still eligible for that up to $2,000 a month. But at the end of the year, you're going to end up paying back on that. You're going to end up paying like 98% of that back. But the thing is, you're still getting that money at the time to spend it. And just because somebody makes 75 grand a year doesn't mean that they can't spend another 24. Like, <laughs> let's be honest here. But the biggest impact is to people that are making less than 48,000 a year. Just based on statistical numbers and how much that increases their overall disposable income. Because if you're making, say, if you work full-time in Canada, uh, Manitoba, because I don't know if, I can't remember if uh, minimum wages the same all across the country. But let's say in Manitoba, the minimum wage, I believe, is eleven fifty an hour. So if you work 40 hours a week, 50 weeks out of the year, your total income ends up being like $24,700 before taxes. It might be a little bit more than that. It's like twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars 
Now, if you add an extra, and to be clear, that is not enough money to live on, even in Manitoba, generally. It's pretty close. Like, it's pretty close. I feel like, uh, I think the actual livable wage number in the city of Winnipeg is like something like 1585 an hour. So it's not that far off. It really isn't. But it's not, It's we're not at that livable wage mark yet. So at the very least, at the very least, the government should be topping up every single person to a minimum, like a, like a minimum standard of living, which is how certain members that were in the Green Party leadership race kind of determine their platform. So I, the biggest example of this was uh, Glenn Murray, who kind of had his uh, guaranteed livable, livable income program kind of set up in a way that was a top up on people's income, which is similar to what the Manitoba Greens ran on in their last election here in 2018. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a positive net on the entire economy. And that's also like the least expensive program that you can come up with. I believe the total yearly cost was just over a billion dollars. Like it's not that much, especially for a federal government with, you know, 38 million taxpayers. Like that's not that much money. And so like just for per, per perspective, the, the federal government spent $2.5 billion last year on the RCMP. This would cost less than half of that. And this would ensure that literally nobody in the country lived under poverty conditions, or at least made less than poverty would cover for them. So I guess my, my final topic here for the day is if you have any ideas on who you want to hear from, who you would like me to speak to and ask some questions and have a short, you know, 20 to 30 minute conversation with about, you know, what we need in leadership right now just let me know uh leave me a comment on my twitter at x5 of spades x5 of spades it's x5 the number o-f-s-p-a-d-e-z if you would also like to get in contact with me about potential sponsorship or donations for this podcast to keep it up and running you can email me at g at micah dewey.writer at gmail.com that's m-i-c-a-h d-e-w-e-y dot writer w-r-i-t-e-r at gmail.com I thank you to everybody who spent their afternoon or their morning or their evening listening to this podcast and I hope to hear from y'all soon until next time guys have a great day enjoy the sun while it's still out Wear a mask, stay safe, and solidarity to all. Goodbye.